You are now listening to My Faithway Podcast. You can now find us on every major platform. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page with live services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want to become a partner or simply make a one-time donation, please text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. Click send and you will receive a link for further instruction. Feel free to comment on our Facebook Live stream services or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way, the Faithway. We on test test. We are live. Well, good morning, Faithway Church. Good morning. It's so great to see everyone this morning. We have a couple of announcements to share with you guys, and I'm not sure if we have flyers up on the screens for each and every one of them, so let me get them up real quick because I always say the greatest lie to myself and say, I'll remember, I don't need to write it down. And then I come over here and I forget everything I'm supposed to say, so I wrote it down this time. So um, our first announcement, and I think we do have a flyer for this one. Thank you. It's a potato sale. If you've seen it on our social media pages, it's today. Um, It's going to happen today right over here, right after service. We have some ladies that are in and out preparing it. These funds are geared solely to um, a visiting pastor who's coming from Cuba. So we want to pay and bless them for their hotel stay, for their air tickets and everything. So please, any little bit that you guys can give will help out with this. So it's a loaded brisket potato sale, and it comes with a drink and a cookie for $10. And it's going to be right out here. Uh, I'm either at the youth building or at the, the super. Um, sorry, it's not Super Kids, the Blast Ministry. Um, also, I'm not sure if Ms. Gracie is here, um, but we have a quinceanera, an invitation that was sent out to the whole church, to the church family. Jessica will be having her quinceanera here on Saturday, the 17th, and uh, we would like everyone to show up so that we can bless Jessica and help celebrate her on her 15th birthday. That will be here, and it's going to be a service geared towards her, and then there will be a little get-together afterwards here in the youth building. Um, VBS also VBS is rapidly approaching we have cash donations that are still being accepted so if you would want to donate if you want to participate please send in your cash donations you can either give it with your offering or you can hand it in to one of the helpers so we have Miss Diana Acevedo if she's in here she's running VBS but we also have lots of teams and helpers and leaders that you guys can go and speak with um, to give your donations there are teams t-shirts so if you're serving in any team any helps teams there are t-shirts that are being sold so if you didn't get to order yours it's not too late to order yours they're $14 each and I'm pretty sure there's uh, an extra dollar for bigger sizes also so um, if you'd like to order a t-shirt you can get with Miss Yanis little Yanis Chiki where is she there she is with Chiki or you can get with Miss Diana Cevedo Um, our VBS Uh, weekend, the Sunday following after VBS, we're going to have Pastor Yoel Rodriguez from Cuba. That's whenever he's going to be coming and visiting us and giving us, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be giving us the opportunity to hear a a sermon. So he'll be taking the pulpit up here. So that's a day that you do not want to miss. You'll be blessed by the teaching. Um, And then we have one last one. Um, How many of you guys remember those days in the fireworks stand? 
So we signed the contract, and we are starting the um, fundraiser with the fireworks stand for 4th of July. It's The first day is going to be Monday the 26th. This is when we start doing inventory, uh, setting up everything, setting up teams. Um, we're going to be selling from the 29th all the way through July 4th. So what we need are teams so that we don't just put the burden all on one person's back. We need teams. We do shifts. Last uh, last time we did this, it was organized, and we had like three different shifts, and people came in. Youth, this is a good opportunity for youth to get some volunteer hours or uh, high schoolers to get volunteer hours. It looks good on their college applications, and one of us would gladly sign uh, as proof that they did serve. So please get with someone um, who is in charge of this, Miss Yanis. Okay, so Miss Yanis is going to be in charge of this and doing the scheduling. So please, if you would like to serve, um, get with Miss Yanis, okay? So on that note, kids, you guys are dismissed. If you are here for the first time, we have nursery right here in the hallway foyer for our babies, uh, ages 0 to 3. Right next door, we have our elementary age kids. And then next door to elementary, we have our jam club. These are our little preschoolers. And blast ministry, you guys are dismissed to go outside. That is our junior high uh, students. Okay. All right. So let me see if this is on. Just, just, just. I don't know if I'm on. Can you hear me? Test, test, there we go. Everyone can hear me well? Yeah, we're good. Okay, so surprise, it's me you get today. You don't get past your box. Picking up some feedback. Okay, so I hope you guys are blessed today by the teaching. I'm not a pastor, and I don't aspire to be. I'm just coming and sharing, you know, a word that God has given me. Um, You know, I spent some time, I spent some time with my grandfather this week, and he was telling me that, uh, he was working in the garage on his truck, and he was cleaning some grease off of some of his car parts and truck parts, and he had a, a glass with gasoline, and all of a sudden he started hearing um, like a lapping up of water, and he turned around, and the dog was drinking the gasoline. The puppy was drinking the gasoline. So he freaks out, and he gets up, and my grandfather's trying to run after the dog, and the, to- the dog just jets. It takes off. You know, full speed, running everywhere, everywhere. And my grandfather got tired. And right when my grandfather got tired, the dog just, like, buckled, fell to the ground. And my grandfather just picked him up and rushed him to the vet. And he told the vet, you know, everything that happened. And the vet said, oh, no, it's fine. He just ran out of gas. (laughs) It was a joke. It was a joke. didn't happen. (laughs) So... I just wanted to start with this icebreaker because the teaching that I'm going to do is talking about running out of gas. How many of you guys at some point in your life have felt like that dog where at the end of your day, at the end of your week, your month, your year, you just fall over and you feel like you're dying, but you're just out of gas? Anybody else? If we're honest, we've all been there. So today, I'm going to bring you guys a couple of tips, fundamentals on how to not run out of gas and... um, who to go to, what we get, and we're going to have some key identifiers. Am I on? So, yeah, we're going to have some key identifiers so that we can observe to see where in our lives are we dropping the ball, where can we pick it up, where can we give it, okay? So um, I'm just going to start asking some questions. You don't have to uh, 
talk out loud or anything, just raise your hand. And let's be totally honest, because we're all here. We're all the same here, okay? How many of you, so when it comes to cars, and by the way, before I start ask, uh, asking these questions, I'm going to be using the metaphor comparing our lives to a car and a tank of gas, okay? A car's tank of gas in our lives, because they parallel. So first question, raise your hand. Let's be totally honest. How many of you, before running it out of gas, when do you fill up your tank? Do you fill up at three quarters? Raise your hand if you fill up your tank at three quarters. Anyone? No super spiritual people here. No? How about at half a tank? How many of you guys fill up your vehicles at half a tank? We've got like three, four, four people. How about at a quarter tank? Quarter? That's the majority of us. How many of you guys wait till you're like five miles to empty? <laughs> okay. Now, this is the bonus one. You guys get a trophy. How many of you guys have run out of gas before? Anyone? Yes? Yes. If we're being honest, we run out of gas. So, um, pastor's not here, but unfortunately, if he was here, maybe we'd call and do like a laying of hands so that we can start to not wait to the very, very end, right? Okay. So, on the screen, um, we can go ahead and go to the, next, the first slide. I'm going to give you guys seven reasons why we run out of gas. And I'm going to compare a vehicle to our lives because they parallel. All these seven reasons that we run out of gas in a vehicle are the same seven reasons that we can run out of gas in our lives spiritually, emotionally, uh, relationally. You know, those are the three main factors in our lives. And we can run out of the gas for the same reasons that we run out of gas with a vehicle. So if you want to go to the next one, this is the first one. Um, and I encourage you guys, try to find one of these that you can identify with. Find one that speaks and says, okay, this is me. Cat, get with the program. Let's circle this. And whenever we leave today, let's figure out how we can start coping better. Let's figure out how we can lighten our load. So number one, the reason that we run out of gas in our car is because, duh, we're not starting out with a full tank of gas. So if you wake up in the morning, you jump in your car, you work in Laredo, you're driving to Laredo, you don't have a full tank, you don't know what your whole entire day entails, right? Maybe you need to run all of a sudden out of work to go pick up the kids, something happened, and they, they go to school in Bruni, so you have to drive all the way back over here, and you don't look, and you don't have a full tank, you're going to run out of gas way before the end of the day, right? And that's the same with us. If we wake up and we don't, the first thing we don't do, if we don't go to Jesus the first time in the morning, you're already starting out with an empty tank of gas. That's why it's very important for us to wake up in the mornings and give our first minutes our tithe. We tithe our first minutes to God. We tithe our first minutes, the first, the first fruits of waking up to God, and we spend some time on him. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the phrase, wait on the Lord. This is what this means. Waiting on the Lord means spending time with him, getting alone with him, waiting on him and removing distractions. Now just reflect and think back. What do you guys usually do whenever you wake up? You don't have to answer, but what do you usually do? Do you reach for your phone? Most of us do. Reach for the phone. Do you start check, uh, checking Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, start watching all that? Or do you grab your phone and go to your email, start read, reading your devotionals, go to your Bible app, reading your devotionals? What is it that you do? And this is something that you can change starting tomorrow morning. This is one thing that you can change. Give the first 10 minutes of your, of your morning 
you know, start off with a full tank of gas. Um, let's go to reason number two. Reason number two, this is most of us. I mean, we live in a world where the culture and where society says, let's hurry, 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 let's, busy, let's get busy, busy, busy. You got five extra minutes in the day? Oh, well, you're free then. Let's do this in those five minutes. And you have no free time because you're just busy, busy, busy. And unfortunately, it's not healthy for us. It's not healthy for us, but this is the way, you know, culture and society has shaped um, Americans and even other nations. So if you're being too busy to pause and refuel, it's the same thing in a, a vehicle. I'm late. I'm going to the doctor. Oh, I see that I'm already low on fuel, but I'm just going to push it. I'm too, t- I'm too uh, in a rush to stop and get gas. You see how it parallels our lives? It parallels our lives because we're too busy. We're busy here with t-ball. We're busy with school. We're busy with, you know, our extracurriculars. You know, if you're in the worship team or you're serving somewhere, uh, you have two jobs, you have three jobs, you babysit somebody else. You know, you're just so busy, you have no extra time to pause and refuel. What does it mean to pause and refuel? Well, pause and refuel means get rid of everything. Stop. Be intentional. Get rid of everything and go refuel in the Word of God. In the Word of God. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go and just strictly read your Bible. You can read your Bible. You can read devotionals. You can listen to praise and worship music. Podcasts, I mean, on our phones, we have podcasts. You know, plug in your headphones as you're cleaning, as you're working. You can just listen to a teaching. You don't necessarily just have to be reading, sitting down on your Bible. Just get in the Word so that you can refuel. Um, If you don't cut out time on purpose to refuel your spiritual life, you're going to be running on empty all the time. And you need, you really, really do need to pencil in. If you run by a schedule, you're so busy, you have to force yourself. You have to make that time. Even if it's five minutes, even if it's ten minutes, you start somewhere. Pencil in that time so that you can refuel yourself. If you don't refuel, how do you expect to do the great commandment and take the word to everyone? How can you give to others if you don't have inside? You need to fuel up, okay? A third reason. This one is hidden leaks in your gas tank. If you go and fill up your gas tank and then you don't even make it to foul and you're already on empty, well, there's a hidden leak in there. There's a hidden leak, and you don't see it, so it's going to deplete your gas. The same in your lives. And we have two main factors in our lives that deplete us and make us run out of gas. It's our relationships and responsibilities. And I'm very sure all of you guys can identify a relationship in your life that just depletes you. It takes all of your energy. It just takes, 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 and it makes you tired. Each and every one of us can identify with a relationship like this responsibilities. Maybe you've taken too many responsibilities or maybe a responsibility is just too big, more than what God created you to handle and is just depleting you, is depleting your resources that you have here in your, in your spirit. So these two can deplete your source, your, your energy, your gas. <clears throat> um, sometimes you don't see how these leaks are draining but a lot of the times you can identify it. But if you can't see it, step number two, being too busy, and it's telling you to pause and refuel, this is where you can identify some of these leaks. Why am I so tired? Why am I irritable? Why am I upset? What is causing me to feel like this? Probably because you have a hidden leak 
someone is taking taking from you or something is taking taking from you and you haven't refilled. You need to find that hidden leak. Um, number four, we can go to the next slide. Ignoring the owner's manual. Every vehicle comes with an owner's manual in the glove compartment. How many of you guys have ever taken out the owner's manual and flipped through it and read through it? One, two, three, three, four. The rest of us, never. Okay? That owner's manual of that car will tell you specifically and exactly how many miles to the gallon you're going to get, how far you can go, what the speed is. It tells you everything. If something's broken on the car, it's going to tell you how to troubleshoot it, how to fix it. Ours, ours, and I don't see a Bible up here, our, owner man, our owner's manual is our Bible. It's our Bible. It tells us every single thing. It tells us what we were created to carry, how fast we can go, what is our pace, where we can go, what we can do. Each of us has a specific tank that's created specifically for us. So Zyra's is not going to be the same as Linda's. It's not going to be the same. Everyone is different. So you need to um, refer to your owner's manual on a daily basis. Open up your Bible. God, I'm broken right here. He gives you the layout and the blueprint of everything. He gives you the blueprint on how to have relationships with your spouse, with your parents your children, your co-workers. He tells, it even tells you how to eat. Um, if you're struggling and you want to get on a diet, go to the Bible. You know, it tells you what to eat. It tells you how to cope. It anxiety and depression, it gives you the anecdote for uh, anxiety and depression way before it was even termed anxiety and depression. You know, this is long. This is nothing new. And the, our owner's manual has every single thing inside of it. So we need to be more uh, often and open it up. We need to open it up more often. Um, let's see. And today, there's more and more people that's just neglecting, choosing not to open up the Bible. They choose not to open it up, choose not to read it. And it's becoming more and more common, not just here in the United States, but everywhere, everywhere. I mean, the Word of God is... It is up to us. We need to be making the word of God strong. We need to be sharing it. And it's not so uh, freely shared anymore. Um, in the Bible, it also tells us, it gives us specific directions and instructions to honor the Sabbath. It's a Ten Commandment. It's one of the Ten Commandments to honor the Sabbath. Right there, right next to, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt honor the Sabbath. The Sabbath, it's it carries the same weight. Don't you think that would be important if it's right there next to those two? And the Sabbath is a day of rest. It's every seven days you need to take a day off. You don't schedule in work. You don't schedule in, you know, all these honey-do lists. You're supposed to rest. Rest, recreation, and rebuild relationships. That's what you do on the Sabbath. You know, and the most holiest or spiritual thing that you guys could do today, today is the Sabbath, is sleep. Take a nap. I know praise and worship team, there's just something that goes into praise and worship that it just, you feel drained because you're giving, you're giving. Um, a, a lot of people don't really know, or if you think back and think about your life, you memorize scripture, not because you sit there and drill and drill and drill. That's a great way to learn. You drill, repeat, 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 write it down. But you memorize scripture way easier through songs, through songs. That's why we're very selective in our praise and worship team that we select songs that have word in it, that are word-for-word word scripture, and it's not far off. That way, whenever this song gets stuck into your head, you're, 
you, you end up in a pickle sometimes, and then you have this word that's in your heart. It's already drilled into your heart. It's drilled into your mind. That's why we're very specific about this. In praise and worship, we come to practice. We come on Sundays, and after church on Sundays, I'm just done. And I, I can't operate if I don't take a nap. I can't. I'm just, like, done. I don't know if Gilly, Cheekies, if you guys are the same. Every Sunday, everybody knows in my house, okay, it's mom's nap time. Everybody come over here. If you're going to go in there, you're going to take a nap. You can't go in there without a nap. So this is what you need to do. You need to honor the Sabbath. Rest. Rebuild your relationships. We have a God who's all about relationships. He's the one who built the family unit. He's the one who gives us instructions on how to speak with each other. This is what you do. On Sundays, I have Sundays scheduled to talk to my brother. Every Sunday at 7 o'clock, we have a phone call. I call him. He's in Cali, and he calls me. If one of us misses, this is how we talk. We don't see each other often, but we talk. I'm working on our relationships. Um, and then recreation. Recreation, you're not working. You can go outside and have a fun a barbecue with your family. Go outside, have barbecue. Go to the lake, go to the pool, do something. This because you're still building. You're still in the family unit. You're still honoring the Sabbath. But the most important thing on the Sabbath is what we're doing right now. We're getting the word. The word. If you don't get the word in church, get the word online. Get the word on the Bible. Get the word um, in a podcast. That is the most important thing for a Sabbath. <clears throat> okay. Let's go on to the next. Oh, I wanted to share a fun fact. So there is a, a fun fact, you know, and during the French Revolution, so since France wanted to get rid of everything Christianity, they removed the Sabbath. They removed the Sabbath. And within, this is a fact, within two to three years, they had to restore the Sabbath because the health of the nation started to decline and plummet. So they restored it. How do you think that would affect you in your life? You need it. It's important. God wouldn't say these things for no reason. He created you. He knows what we need. He knows what we need. <clears throat> Our uh, fifth reason, being in a hurry. How many of you guys are guilty of always being in a hurry? Yes. And I, I feel, and you know, I think, honestly, because this is how I operated for 39 years of my life, just hurry, 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 let's go, 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 next, next, next. I think you, like, create an anxiety on everybody around you because then they start being like, okay, what? What do I do? Where do I go? What do I do? Okay? Being in a hurry. This is one of the no-nos. This is one of the no-nos. If you're in a hurry in your car and you're driving faster than what you're supposed to, what happens to your gas? Mm -hmm. It uses up faster. The faster you go, the faster that gas gets run out. Um, if you're at a stoplight trying to show off your vehicle and you're like, one, two, three, here goes the green light, and boom, you step on it. All of that right there, that big step and floor it, it's going to deplete your gas. Being in a hurry, being in a hurry. We need to not be in a hurry. We need to find our pace. The same way that our cars are designed to go a certain speed is the same way that we're designed to go at a certain pace, at a certain speed. Um, ask yourself right now, what is the speed of your life? Do you feel like you're in a hurry? Do you feel like you're cool as a cucumber, you know, just going through life, sliding through life, you're fine? Or do you feel like you're always in a hurry? You know, um, if you are, circle this reason. Circle this reason and see what you can do to fix this. Um, and you need to slow the pace to make the space. You need to slow the pace to make the space for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, if you're in a rush, 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 Holy Spirit, I mean, he's, I'm just, this, is, this is not true, but imagine... 
you're in a rush, rush, rush going, trying to get here to church, and then you come in, oh, I'm here. You got to give time for the Holy Spirit to catch up to you. If you're rush, 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 Holy Spirit's not going to be able to fit in, not going to be able to fit in so that everything can be peaceful. Don't be in a rush because you'll miss God. You'll miss Jesus in the small details. He's in our everyday small things. So if you're in a rush, you're going to miss him. You're going to miss it. Um, let's go to the sixth reason. This is distractions. We live in a society where there's distractions everywhere, and our first one is this phone. Phone, social media, everything. It's all distractions. Um, if you're distracted and you're not paying attention to the gauges in your car, especially the, the fuel tank gauge, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to run out of gas. I took off to, um, well, I had to call Lauro. When, when was it? Two weeks ago? I don't even know when it was. I took off. I left town, and I completely forgot to put gas. I didn't take my wallet. I didn't take anything with me. And I told him, I called him, I said, you're going to have to call somebody because I don't think I'm going to make it back to town. Like, I just passed Bruni, and I'm on zero miles already. Like, am I going to make it? So I turned off my AC, and I rolled down my windows, you know, <laughs> hoping that I'm going to get here on time. And I got in, and I was praying the entire way, please, God, please don't let me run out of gas. It's going to be so embarrassing if I'm on the side of the road, you know, with no gas. Like, just let me get over there. And I got to the gas tank, and he gets mad at me. He's like, check your gas. Check your gas. Yesterday, we took off to the island, and whenever he gets in the seat in my car to drive, he looks, he's like, of course, five miles to empty. And I'm like, well, I don't check it. This one's mine. I'm distracted because I'm paying attention to everything else except for my gas gauge. That's most of us. If you're not paying attention to your gas gauge, you're going to run out of gas. Or maybe you're the opposite. Maybe you just don't think the rules apply to you, and you just don't believe that gas gauge. No, I could push it. I could push it a little farther. I won't run out of gas. I Googled it, and it says that it can run up to 20 miles on empty, on zero. So it doesn't apply to me. Okay? Is that you? If that's you, circle this. When you don't watch these gauges in your life, when you don't watch this and you're going too fast, you're pushing yourself too fast. You're pushing yourself too far. You're doing too much at once. You're going to run out of gas. You're going to be empty spiritually. You're going to be empty mentally. You're, gonna, you're not going to have good relationships because you're going to be so irritable. Nobody, you're not going to be able to get along with anyone because you're just going to be barking and barking at people. And you're, just, you're the one who's on edge. So don't be distracted. If you were the person who says, oh, no, I already Googled it, I can still run it on empty, well, maybe we need to put this little bit of pride to the side and say these rules that don't apply to me actually do apply to me. All these rules apply to every single one of us. God created us like this so he knows that we need to not be distracted. We need to pay attention to these gauges. And you can recognize these uh, little tendencies, these little um, hints and red flags if you're distracted and not paying attention to your gauges. And I said it was um, if you're irritable, if you're angry, you're always grumpy, um, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe you start gaining weight and then you don't see it because you're dealing with the stress because you're so distracted by everything. And then by the time you know it, it's like, oh, man, my pants don't button. What has happened to me? I've been so distracted. I didn't see the little gauges. 
the little gauges. Maybe you just stress eat. Whenever you're overwhelmed, you're stressed. We don't take these uh, gauges seriously. You become overwhelmed. You become stressed. And these are little signs and factors that God's telling you, hey, 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 stop being distracted. Let's get rid of these distractions and let's pay attention, okay? Um, I wanted to show you guys a picture of the Dead Sea, and I didn't have time to get it on here, but the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee. They're two different lakes that come out of the Jordan River. And it's a beautiful place, the Jordan River, and there's still, it's, it's such a, a symbolic river, the Jordan River. This is where there was baptisms, you know, there was so many things, and there's still baptisms that happen in there. But it's a beautiful lake, and it, it provides so many different resources of life. Well, out of this lake, it flows into um, the Sea of Galilee, and then from the Sea of Galilee uh, into the Dead Sea. And what makes these two things differently, uh, two seas different, is the Sea of Galilee is full of life, full of life, um, microorganisms, everything. It's got, you know, life coming to it, to, to feed out of it, to bathe in it, everything. Like, it's just full of life everywhere. But the Dead Sea is dead. It's literally dead. The salt volume in the Dead Sea is so high, and the, the natural chemicals in it is so high that nothing can live in it. And the only difference between the two is that whenever the Jordan comes into the Sea of Galilee, it takes. It takes. Dead Sea, it takes. But the Sea of Galilee, it gives. So if you look at that metaphor and you put it into your life, if you receive and give, receive and give, you're going to be full of life, but you need to refuel. But if you just receive, 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 and never give, you're going to be exactly like that Dead Sea. So those are the two differences. Let's go to um, the last reason. The last reason is because you are carrying a heavy load. How many of you guys have heavy loads? Everyone has something that is just on their shoulders, burdens weighing them down. Heavy loads. Your car. If you have a car pulling a trailer and you're going up mountains, you have heavy loads, what's going to happen to your gas? It's going to waste faster. We went to California one year, and we had a, a little trailer with all of our things, and when we started getting to the hills, um, the mountains, and the steep, you know, climbs, our gas, you can literally look at the gas gauge, and you can see the gas gauge just going down so fast as you're going up the hills, so fast up the elevation. It's the same in our lives. If you're carrying this, and you're carrying this, and you're carrying this, and you're carrying this for your kid, and you're carrying this for your husband, you're carrying this from your boss, you're carrying this from your church, you're carrying this from the store, you're carrying all of this, it gets heavy, and you're going to run out of gas spiritually. You're going to run out of gas mentally. You're going to run out of gas relationally. You have to refill. And it's true of the saying that if you put an iron in the fire, it's going to stay hot. But if you keep putting more iron, so many irons in the fire will turn out the fire. That's true of you. You have so many irons that you're carrying, it's going to turn out your fire. It's going to turn it out. Um, the more loaded that you are, the faster you're going to run out of gas. So what you need to do is lighten the load. How many of you guys were able to identify with at least one of these that I gave in your life? On me, it was more than one. More than one. Um, so as you leave today, I'm going, to give you some, I'm going to give you some tips on how we refill. How do we fix this? Where do we start? What do we do? I'm going to show you exactly what we need to do. 
So margin, margin, it's the space between your, your load and your limits. Margin is that quiet space, that little space that you leave open for the Holy Spirit. Margin is everything, okay? Margin is what we need to try to monitor and, uh, as we go through our lives. Margin creates reserve. You need a reserve, a just-in-case tank. You guys have savings accounts. You have just-in-case uh, money savings. You have just-in-case food storage. You have just-in-case this or you have just-in-case that. This is what a margin is. You need to open it up. So it applies to our spiritual life, relational life, and our mental life. So these are the, the seven. Uh, the seven of the, the parallels that we went through. So you need to start your day right. Start your day right, and you can start that tomorrow. First 10 minutes, start it with God. Two, make the time. Make the time to get in the Word. It's not about filling up every single minute of your day to stay busy, busy, busy. You need time to rest. Make the time to get into the Word. Um, Three, maintain your relationships. Maintain your responsibilities to find those hidden leaks. Stop those leaks. Um, Live by your manual. It's so easy. It tells us how to do everything, how to react to everything, how to cope with everything, how to fix everything that you might go through. Read your Bible. That's your owner's manual. Um, slow the pace. Stop being in a hurry. You'll miss Jesus in the, in the details. Um, remove distractions. Delegate. What can you give off to somebody else so that the load can be lightened for you? VBS this year, um, everybody has just been, it's, you know, in the past, it's been the same leaders that carry the whole load, the same, like, you know, three, four leaders that are carrying everything on their own. And this year, VBS is different. There's Miss Diana is taking charge of it. Cheekies is running a part, a part of it. Um, ladies' ministry has a part of it. Every worship team has a part of it. So the load has been divided and uh, delegated to different people. It's not just one person anymore. That's what you can do in your life. What can you delegate? What can you shave off? What can you trust someone else to do? Um, and then, of course, number seven, lighten your load. Well, how do you lighten your load? I'm going to show you how do you lighten your load. When you lighten your load and you, you, you fix all of these seven areas, you're going to avoid burnout. Burnout is real in everyone's lives. That's whenever you hit bottom and you're like, I'm done. I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to give up on my husband. I'm ready to give up on my wife. I'm ready to give up on my kid that just won't listen. I keep trying. I'm ready to give up on my job. I'm just going to quit. I'm giving up on, you know, this sickness that I'm fighting. I'm just tired of fighting. If you're there, this is how you fix it. Um, This is our foundational scripture. If you want to go to the next one, I think I put it on there. Yes. So if you want to turn to your Bibles or your Bible app, highlight this, keep it. I'm going to go through every single one of these three verses and tell you what it means. When you read your Bible and you come to scriptures, you need to read every single word and translate it into your own words and say, what does it mean? What am I supposed to do? Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty 30. It says, come to me, to Jesus, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we start at the top. Come to me. It says, come to Jesus. 
It doesn't say come to the world. It doesn't say come to Sheen and fill up your basket and shop, shop, shop whenever you're stressed. It doesn't say uh, turn to making a party and let's party and let's invite everybody. And, you know, it doesn't say let me go to a vacation. Let me turn to a vacation and let me do a vacation. No, that's not going to fix it because the problem is you are going to the vacation. You're going to be there. And the problem is here in your mind. So you're not going to fix any of it. That's not the way to fix it. It says, come to Jesus, come to me. And then the next part says, all you who are weary and burdened, all of you who are tired, that's most of us. How many of us are tired of something in our lives? That's most of us. Come to me if you are tired. So he's calling you. He's calling you and telling you, come to me if you are tired. And he will give you what? Rest. Rest. I'm pretty sure most of us just want rest. Sometimes at the end of the days, it's like, I wish I could just have five minutes to myself. If I could just lay down for like just 10 minutes, if I could just close my eyes, if I could just rest, if I could just sit down. You know, all of us want rest. If this fighting can just stop, if I don't have to hear it, just rest. All of us want that rest. Then it says, take my yoke. Take my yoke upon you. And what a yoke is, is not an egg yoke. He's not saying, here, here's my egg, just take the egg yoke. It's not that. An egg yoke, I don't know, do I have a picture on the next slide, um, RJ? Yes, there it is. So an, a, a yoke is something that you strap onto the animals, two animals together, so that they can bear the burden together. If it's a heavy load, they put another animal together so that they could pull it more easier. That is what a yoke is. The yoke is that wooden thing, that metal thing, and then you can attach it to like a trailer. You can attach it to, um, the, I don't know what the term is, but where you like till the ground and you, uh, harrow? Okay. That, you can attach it to all of that, but they're heavy. And this is what Jesus is telling you to take. He's saying, take my yoke. Your yoke is not literally, you know, that. It's figurative. It's, it's being a figurative. It's a type of figurative way to speak. Your yoke is your family, your problems, your uh, expenses, your finances. It's your work. It's everything that you're carrying. That is your yoke. Jesus, he already died for you. Jesus, great news, has nothing. He's carrying no burdens. He has no burdens. So if you strap yourself to Jesus... If you yoke to Jesus, are you going to be carrying his load? No, because he has nothing. But the great news is that he's going to carry your load. He's carrying it with you, making it lighter. You need to come to him and yoke yourself to Jesus. Um, You want to go back to the other one? Um, Then it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. How are you going to learn from him if you don't know him? How do you get to know him? Opening your Bible. Open your Bible. Read it. And as you read it, you're learning how Jesus maneuvered through life. Jesus was never in a rush. In all the old stories that we read, we didn't see anything like Jesus, like we all had to paddle like at super speed so that we can keep up with Jesus as he was walking on water because he didn't wait for us. No, Jesus was never in a hurry. He took his time. He was always calm, always patient. We have to model after him. We have to model after him, and we learn that by reading. Um, And then it says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. He's gentle, and he's humble in heart. Okay? We need to model that. We need to be gentle. We need to be humble. We don't need to be rude and say, I already told you. No. Be gentle. 
I told you, but I'll show you again. Okay? Gentle like him. Um, humble. Humble at heart. This is, you know, humble in the context that I like to operate by this is keeping Jesus on the focus. If there's a big problem, something unfair happened, it's not my job to retaliate and yell. I just keep Jesus on the focus, and I focus on him, and I don't let that little problem be the forefront of my entire life. I don't let that be the only thing that's taking my gas. I don't go home and just talk about it. You know what happened today, babe? This happened, and I can't believe it. No. I just, you have to keep Jesus on the forefront. Don't give it the attention. Don't put it on the pedestal. Don't put it on the throne. Jesus stays on that throne. Um, And then it says, this is the best part. And you will find rest for your souls, for your souls. Your problem is not a physical problem. I mean, some of us might have, you know, a physical problem, but it's a soul problem that most of us have. It's a soul problem. We're tired. We're mentally fatigued. We're always on the go. We're always in a rush. We're not getting enough word. It's a soul problem. Whenever you get back into the word, whenever you give it to him, he gives you that rest down to your core. Down to your soul. Okay, you can go to the next. Um, Okay, so now that we've identified those seven different ways, these are the four ways. I'm going to give you four ways on how you need to fix it, how you can fix it, where do you go, what do you do, what do I do. Okay, so number one is get fed up. Number two is come to Jesus. Three, give up control. And four, trust God. So I'm going to go through these one by one. First one, if you go to the next, I don't know if I have. Get fed up. You have to be dissatisfied. You have to be angry. You have to be in pain. You have to be in the fire. You have to be done with it. You have to be tired of being sick and tired in order to change. If you don't get fed up, you're not going to change. The situation is not going to change. If you keep allowing that same problem to happen and you never step up, you never give it to God, you never give it to Jesus, you're going to be the same person with the same problems in six months. Even in the next year, you're going to be that same person with the same problems, stressed out, overwhelmed, done with life, almost knees hitting the floor. You're going to be in the same situation if you do not get fed up. You have to get tired of being tired. You have to put your foot down. You have to call it somewhere. You have to start somewhere. You have to give it to Jesus somewhere. You have to get dissatisfied. Now, whenever you're in this position, there's only two different outcomes. You either get breakthrough or you either get a breakdown. You are the person who is in charge of of the outcome. Are you going to get a breakthrough or are you going to get a breakdown? Um, Because if you're living in a rut and you don't change it, you're going to stay there and you're going to have a breakdown. If you're willing to be uh, stressed out, you're going to have a breakdown. Some, at some point, you're going to have a breakdown because you're not changing it. If you don't get fed up, you're going to be in the same position. Now, pain causes us to change. Pain, you have a heartbreak. Some, like your heart is just torn apart. Right there and there, that's whenever you need to give it to God. I don't know what it entails that heartbreak, but you give it to God. Give it to God, and he'll give you that rest, that he'll give you the change. Um, And I'm not saying that God puts you in in situations to make you lay down, because sometimes we have to be laid down so that our only way to look is up. 
And I don't know if any of you guys have ever been there, but God doesn't do that to us. But he takes every single situation that's meant for evil and he'll turn it for your good. Um, I was recently, I, I went through an episode of sepsis and this one was the scariest episode that I've gone through. And usually like that, whenever I deal with this, I go in with a peaceful mind, a peaceful mindset because I know who my God is and I know the grace that he gives me and I have a strong foundation. But this last time that I went in, I went in, got out, got put right back in again. And whenever I got out, the first time, I went right back to my regular schedule. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, kids here, work here, this here, church here. I've got to do all this, all this. I was only out for two days, and then I got admitted back into ICU again. Um, whenever I was there, God didn't make me sick. God made me perfect. He made me complete exactly how he wanted to make me. Um, and I have a testimony to share at a later date. But um, while I was in the hospital, I was hit, and I had a breakdown. I did. When I came home, I had a breakdown, and um, I'll share a little bit a little later. But I feel like that situation that I was in, I had to be flat on my back on that ICU bed. My only way to look was up to be reminded of what God created me to carry, how fast he created me to carry it, and what I was carrying. You know, and I had to be reminded that Jesus died for me. I'm not the savior of everyone. He's the savior of everyone. And I think somebody else here today might need to hear that. Jesus is the savior of everyone. You can't save everyone. You can't do it for everyone. As much as you want to do it for everyone, you can't do it. Jesus is the one who will do it for you. And I was reminded of that, and that was my breakthrough. That was my breakthrough, so I got my breakthrough there. Um, I was driving through Laredo uh, a couple of days ago, and I passed by Clark Elementary, and they have like a big... uh, digital billboard sign outside a marquee board or um and the thing that was being advertised on it was a suicide prevention hotline on an elementary school on an elementary school if you pay attention to everything that's going on around us pay attention to real news not fake news pay attention to real stories and real things that are happening suicide rates here in america are up suicide rates with kids with kids are up. And a lot of it is because of distractions. You know, distractions from the parents, distractions from the kids. You know, social media comparison tools where people just use social media just to compare their lives and then they become depressed. You shouldn't get your worth from likes or thumbs up. And these kids, well, they're kids. They're not able to decipher the difference between it. So it just took me by surprise as I was driving by and I saw a suicide hotline number there on an elementary school. Um, this is where whenever you get faced with these two things, your two, again, are breakthroughs or breakdowns. Because you can be famous, you know, but not fulfilled. You have everything, but you still have that emptiness if you don't have Jesus. Um, You can be successful, super successful, but super stressed out, too, if you're not spending time with Jesus, not filling up. Um, or you can be rich and have a lot to live on, but nothing to live for. And none of those are great ways to live. Number two, let's go to number two. Come to Jesus. This is the come to me part of the scripture. Come to Jesus. It says come to Jesus, not to church. It doesn't say come to church. It doesn't say come to church, all you who are tired and weary. 
It doesn't say come to religion, all you who are tired and weary. It doesn't say come to rules. It says come to Jesus. That's personal time, you and Jesus. That's where nobody else sees. That's you and Jesus alone. In your Bible, in your prayer time, in your worship time, come to him. And you can come to him however you are. If you're coming to him angry, come to him angry. If you're coming to him broken and depressed and crying, come to him like that. If you're happy, come to him like that. It doesn't matter how you come to Jesus. He just wants you to come to him. You know, in Scripture, in the Bible, in the past, people came to Jesus for all sorts of reasons. They came to him um, because they were inspired. They came to him because they had faith. Some of them came to him because they were skeptics and they wanted to disprove him. Some of them came just to eat. It didn't matter. Jesus didn't care. He didn't care. He just said, as long as they all come to me. That's what he wants you to do is come to me. So come to Jesus. That is our antidote, to come to Jesus. Um, John 6.37, I put it on there. Yes. So if you just look at John 6.37, it says, But everyone my Father has given to me, they will come. And all, all who come to me, I will embrace and will never turn them away. Every single person who comes to me, I will not reject, is what Jesus is saying. Come to me. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what sin you had. All of us have had sins. All of us had been on the dark side. All of us are still trying to better our lives. None of us are perfect. Not one person is perfect. Jesus is the sole one who is perfect. So he tells you, come to me. I will never reject you. I don't judge you. Come to me. Um, And what you really need is time with God. This is the antidote to everything. You need time with God, you and Jesus alone, you and him alone just worshiping. And this is the third reason. Let's go to the third. The third reason, this is most of us in the church. I'm very sure that this is like 90% of us. This is our problem, the real problem. Give up control. We got to give up the control. Give it to Jesus. He, like I said a little while ago, he died for you. He's the Savior, not you. You're not the Savior. He is the Savior. Give up the control. Give up the control to things that you're not meant to carry. The only thing that you can have control over that God has authorized you to have control over is self-control. It's one of the fruit of the spirits. He says, have self-control. My husband can't make me have self-control. I can't make my son have self-control. You guys can't make each other have self-control. You can't control your coworkers, your friends. You can't control anyone, but you can control yourself. And that's the only thing God gave you control for, to control yourself. So everything else, let it go. Let it go. Don't let it be too late whenever you realize, man, all of this stuff was beyond my control. I stressed myself out. I was so overwhelmed the whole time trying to control my son, trying to control his future, trying to control this, and I just wasted time and I wasted and depleted my spiritual gas. You don't want to realize that too late. Realize it today. Give up control to God. If it's a child that you're, you know, battling against, just how pastor says that his mom was, was spiritual and said, you know what, God, my son is your, your son too. He's your son, so I give it to you. I give him to you. You've got him. I'm not going to stress out. Do the same. Who is that person or what is that thing? Give it to God. Um, Then he says, take my yoke. Take my yoke. The purpose that he tells you to take his his yoke is so that you aren't pulling the cart on your own. Who do you think has a stronger back? You or Jesus? 
Jesus, of course. Jesus, we're not stronger than him. Give it to him. Why are you still holding it? Why do you feel like you can carry it all by yourself whenever he's waiting here telling you, give it to me, give it to me, I'll carry it for you. Yoke yourself to him. Um, the reason that you're so stressed out is because you're carrying everything by yourself. You're not meant to do that. You're not meant to carry everything by yourself. Jesus died for you. He went to that extreme. How much more will he do for you? He'll carry that backpack for you. He'll carry, you know, the, the disease. He'll carry the illness. He'll carry the family dispute. He'll carry it all for you. He's already done the extreme. These things are tiny for him. He'll do it all. Um, Psalm 55:22, it tells us to leave all of your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord, and measureless grace will strengthen you. It says, leave everything at Jesus' feet. There's a song that we sing. Um, I only want you. We just want to leave everything at your feet, Jesus. We give up control. We lay it on the altar. It's all for you. You take control. Give up the control. Lay it at his feet. Uh, Psalm 55, 22, the message version. This is the same scripture, but it's a different version. The message version, version it says, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. Doesn't sound, doesn't, just listening to that, just saying it out loud, it takes off the burden from you. If you just pile the troubles on God's shoulders, and he'll carry the load for you. He'll carry the load, and he'll help you out, and he'll never let good people topple to ruin. Isn't that amazing? And these are good scriptures for you guys to, you know, memorize and soak in um, and go back to as you leave. Um, so if you're overloaded, yoke up with God. If you feel overloaded right now or if you came in overloaded, it's because you're not yoked up to God. You know God. You know Jesus. You have a relationship, but you're just not tied into him. Give it to him. As you leave here today, give it to him. Stop trying to take control of it. Um, we, get, we find ourselves stressed out. We find ourselves overwhelmed. And most of the time that this happens is because we've created a disconnect from God. Anytime that you have a slight disconnection from God, you're going to get stressed out. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Like, no-brainer. Maybe you go two weeks without, you know, coming to church, opening your Bible, listening to songs or listening to Scripture. Two weeks. By the end of those two weeks, you're going to be done and fed up with it. You're going to be out of patience. You're going to be, you know, in that situation where you just want to give up. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to be tied to anything because you're going to be done with it. You're going to be stressed out. Anytime that you disconnect from God, you're going to be stressed out. Jesus didn't create you to live like that. You were not created to live like that. So when we yoke ourselves up to him, we have two two different symbols to that yoke. I think I might have a slide for it. You want to go to the next? Yes. So the yoke has two different symbols. The yoke symbolizes partnership with Jesus and guidance. Partnership and guidance. It's a partnership whenever you yoke yourself up with him and you let him carry the load with you. That's a partnership. And it's guidance because as you put this yoke on the animals, it doesn't let one go this way and one go this way, or it doesn't let them veer off the path and end up in the ditch. It keeps them guided. It guides them. And it's not a fast pace, then a slow pace, fast pace. No, it's at a steady pace. This is how God created you to be. He's going to guide you too. He's going to guide you in the direction he wants you to go and at the pace he wants you to go. 
And if you're yoked up to him, you're not going to be stressed out because God's got it. He's got you. And you're just going in with how he created you to handle that situation, how to live your life. Um, whenever, so I'm going to give you a personal example on this last uh, sepsis um, hospital ICU stay that I had. So whenever I got out of the hospital, um, something was happening to me. I didn't know what it was. I thought I was having a mental breakdown. I didn't know what it was, and I went to the doctor, and, you know, and I couldn't do it. Like, I, I was in a very, very dark place, um, and they diagnosed me with PTSD. And I had a PTSD, and I was having panic attacks. And it came from the, assert, you know, the uncertainty of what was happening here because this thing that happened, you know, I was born healthy, but I had a, an emergency surgery, and the surgeon accidentally ruptured and tore everything in, on my ureter. Um, so it keeps making me have infections on my kidney, and it blows up my kidney, and then I go into sepsis. And I've been on the brink of death so many times that I've, re I've developed a PTSD. I had developed a PTSD. Um, it was so hard in my house. It got to a point where I couldn't even be around my kids, and I love my kids. I mean, I think my sole purpose was on this earth was to be a mom. I mean, that's my number one thing. I love being a mom. That's my most favorite thing to do. But I couldn't be around my kids. I couldn't be around my kids. I couldn't be around my husband. I couldn't be around my family. And I spent like three days locked in a dark room on my own. You know, I couldn't, I didn't have the mental capacity, the spiritual capacity. I didn't have anything to give anybody. And I was already done with it. I was on my knees and I was done saying, God, I give up. I'm done with it. Um, and then I yoked myself up to Jesus. One night I decided just to get up and let me just read. It was like 4 in the morning and I woke up and I just started reading the book of Timothy, First Timothy. And I started reading it and I started having breakthroughs, started having revelations. You know, and I yoked myself to him and I gave it to him because I told him, I don't know what's happening. I can't control it. And I spoke to the doctor and the doctor says, you have control. And I tell her I control it with my mind. I have a steady foundation. I have a firm foundation. I control it. I said, but I still get, like, the heart, the heart attack symptoms. I get the vomiting. I get, like, every, the, the, the blacking out. I can't hear, and I get dizzy. And they said, well, it's because it's a PTSD. Even though you have mental control, your body still needs time to catch up to it. So your body's still reacting. And glory to God, I've taken control over it. We found that I was given two different medications that counter-reacted with each other and was making me get into this depression and have ugly thoughts, you know. And we, we removed these medications, and I got in the Word, and I haven't had any PTSD attacks. I haven't had any anxiety attacks. I haven't had anything. And this was all new to me. You know, I've never experienced any of this. It was all new to me, but it's gone only by the power of Jesus. I yoked myself to him, and that's what you need to do. Yoke yourself to him. Trust him. And I'm going to go to my last um, point. I don't know if I have another one. Yeah. Oh, it's not the last. Yes, it's the last. Trust. You have to learn to trust. If you don't trust him, nothing is going to happen. You are not bigger than God. You are not bigger than Jesus. So how can you fix it? Jesus fixes it. Fixes it. If I would have stayed in that state in my house, not gotten up, not started reading at 4 in the morning, not had my breakthroughs, I'd probably still right, be right there in that position. I'd still be right, right there. But Jesus, he carries it, but you have to trust him. If you're worrying, if you're worrying, you're going to run out of your gas faster. Worrying, you know, creates more stress. 
or stress is worry, and you're just going to deplete yourself. Trust him. Don't worry about it. When you give it to God, give it to God. Don't take it back. Give it to him. Say, God, I'm in a rut financially. I don't know how to fix this. We need the money. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I can't get any more loans. I can't go and borrow here. I can't. Give it to God. Give it to him and then stop doing everything. Stop doing everything else. Try, stop trying to fix it. But just rest in it. Trust him. Trust him. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Uh, it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How does gentleness and humbleness make you less stressed? He's telling, model after me. Do what I do. Be gentle and be humble. But how does that work? How does it make you less stressed? It makes you less stressed whenever you remember Jesus and you put Jesus on that throne. I just said it a little while ago. There's a, a problem at work. There's a problem in the household. Don't keep that, that problem on the throne. You're going to keep Jesus on that throne. That's how you stay gentle and humble. You keep your focus on him. You don't react with the way that people are speaking to you. You don't react like that. You just operate the way Jesus did. You're not in a hurry. You're operating with love. Love is how you are gentle. If you, have, you do not have love, you cannot have, you cannot have anything else. Love is the greatest thing that you can have. Um, you just need to remind yourself that you're not the savior of everybody. The way I told you, Jesus is. Model what he said in the book of John. He said it over seven times, ten times. I can't remember how many times. But he said in the book of John, I only do what my father has told me to. I only do what my father has told me to. I only do what my father has told me. I only do what my father has told me. Do only what Jesus has instructed you, what your father, what Father God has instructed you to do. Only do what he has told you to do. Um, Romans 10, 17, this is how we develop trust. How do we trust God more? Right here. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word. Your soul is going to lean either this way or it's going to lean this way. If you're listening just to scriptures, you're listening to teachings, you're listening to your friends in the church, if you're listening to like-minded people giving you good advice, your soul's going to lean this way. But if you're coming and you're listening to, you know, the news that's on TV, you're listening to the news, you're listening to all your friends who give you bad, bad advice and say, well, just leave them, that will fix it, just leave them, you know, or just don't give them money, that will fix it, just stop helping them. Don't listen to them. The more that you listen to this is where your soul is going to lean. So if you want to be less stressed, you need to come over here to where there's truth. You need to come where there's like-minded people, where there's love, where there's compassion, where there's gentleness, where there's humility, where there's all of that. It's the same as what you're listening to, the music that you're listening to. If you're listening to music that has, you know, that's advocating to do wrong things, you know, bad things, this is where your soul is going to lean. If you're listening to worship music, you're listening to country songs that are not talking about, you know, being depressed, your soul is going to come over here, okay? So we're just going to read the scripture one more time. And we're going to close here. So I don't know who's closing, but we're going to close here. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Come to me if you're tired, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. 
and you will find rest for your soul, for your soul. That's the most important part. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Identify that area where you run out of gas in your life. If it's more than one, identify all of them. Write them down. Take a picture of them. Remind yourself of it throughout the week. Don't continue your week in the same patterns that you've been doing this last week. Change it and give it to Jesus. Um, And whenever you identify it, you give it to Christ, you give up the control, and you learn to trust, and you'll start seeing this change happen. You know, and it's not going to happen in the instant, in the blink of an eye. He's not a genie. I mean, the same amount of time it took you to become overwhelmed and stressed out is the same about time to become de-stressed. Learning is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. So if you want to put up the uh, giving on the screen, we're going to pray over the offering, and we're going to pray some, uh, a prayer today to, that goes with this teaching to help us refill, to give up control. I'll give you some time right now so that if you want to give on the offerings, you know, we're, we have so many things that we're doing here at the church. If you want to give your VBS uh, monetary donation, you could do it through the offering and just tag it or label it VBS. Or if you're doing online, you can click other. Um, we're raising funds also for roof, carpets, building, everything that we're rebuilding and fixing up. If you want to give to that also, you would just want to give your tithe. You know, but this is just something that's between you and God. Nobody can force you to give anything. This is just between you and God. It's another act of worship. So if you're ready, you could just bow your head. You don't have to stand. You don't have to stand. We're just going to pray today. You know, in this area that you identified in your life, just bring it on the forefront of your prayer this morning. Give up the control. The starting point... And unloading and filling your tank is to talk to Jesus. So right now, take this opportunity to talk to him. He listens to everyone. He listens to it all, every single thing that you say, and he will never ignore you. So dear God, each of us that have identified an area in our lives, Father God, right now in this moment, we give it to you. We give it to you and we don't take it back. We're tired of being tired. We're tired of being stressed. We're tired of being overwhelmed. And we're tired of carrying the load on our own. And we just want to give it to you today. Father God, we're tired of trying to control everything. And we just want to live a life with peace and with margin. Forgive us, Father God. Forgive us for forgetting that you're the one who carries it all. Forgive us for forgetting that you're the one who saves everyone. And forgive us for trying to do it all on our own. Because you didn't create us to do it all on our own. Father God, forgive us for turning to other things of this world to try to compensate or to fix it or to try to find peace. And today we give up the control. We give it to you and we trust you. And we come to you right now in this moment exactly as we are. Mess, no mess, Father God. We give it to you. All of it exactly as we are. We give it to you and we trust you, Father God, that you will make our lives light and you will make our loads easy as long as we stay tied to you. We come back to you this morning, Father God, and remind us to learn from your model, from you, Jesus. We release it all to you right now. Thank you, Father, for the liberation. 
and the freedom that is coming to all the many people who are hearing this prayer, Father God. We thank you for for releasing us from the stress, from the heavy burdens, Father God, and we thank you that we can trust you and come to you, that you provide us a way out. Father God, we worship you here this morning, and we ask that you bless the tithe, you bless the offering, Father God, and let it go to places where it will be an absolute blessing. And in Jesus' name we pray. That's it, guys. My husband told me, if you're teaching, you better get us out at 11.15. I tried. I think I I didn't get it. (laughs) I tried. But I hope this blessed you guys. Please share it. Please uh, help someone out. That is your, your, your point, your purpose, church. Share it with someone. Help someone. You know, and start your day off right tomorrow. So you guys are blessed. We'll see you guys this week.